0: Arizona Boomer Radio brings you Straight Down the Middle, Arizona's only internet golf show. Straight Down the Middle is produced by the Boomer and the Baby Incorporated in partnership with GolfMix.com. GolfMix is your place to read course reviews written by recreational golfers just like you. Learn about the course you're going to play. Check out GolfMix before your next round. Now it's time to hit it straight
1: down the middle. Four... It went straight down the middle Then it started to hook just a wee wee bit That's when caddy lost sight of it That little white pellet has never been found to this day But it went straight down the middle Like they say Whack down the fairway it went smack down the fairway, then it started to slice just a smidge off line. You it hit it two, but it bounced off nine. My caddy says, as long as you're still in the state, you're okay. It went straight down the middle, fine away.
0: And good morning. This is straight down the middle, the Internet Golf Show, and it is twelve thirteen twelve on a Thursday morning. And we're here with our two compadres. Uh, Mister John Bloom is on the air, and John, you, since you've come on, I got a lot of crackling, so maybe you should redial if you don't mind. And also, Kirk Getinger is with us. Uh, how is everybody this morning?
2: I'm doing great, Pete. How are you today?
0: I'm good. I'm good. John, are you there yet?
2: I'm here. Is it still crackling for you? Yeah,
0: it really is. Uh, All right. I'll
3: I'll I'll try it back. Give me uh, yeah. one second. I'll be right back with you.
0: All right. Sounds great. Every now and then we get a little bit of interference on the line, and uh, that's that's the case there. He's obviously off now because the crackling has disappeared. Uh, Kirk, we're going to just kind of wait for John to join us, but today what we wanted to do is uh, uh, we want to kind of touch base again on what's going on with 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 golf mix, because uh, we know there's a lot of good things happening there and a lot of excitement starting to, to brew up. Uh, and when John gets back on, we want to talk about that. I understand that uh, you folks were at the Harmon Killebrew event uh, this last week. Uh, also, John was at the uh, tee-up luncheon, I think it is, for the Phoenix Open. And uh, and having... having uh, been involved with uh, some of those things myself. My gosh, it's still crackling. Uh, we're going to go with it though, John. That's just uh, the way it is. Uh, we, I was just Well, I can we...
3: actually. I, I got one more shot in me, so uh, let me let me try a different phone, and we'll see if that's it's all.
0: All right, right. sounds great. Thank you. Great. Okay, it's, all, it's so, always good to have
2: mulligans, good to have mulligans, right? The, the, yeah,
0: yeah, mulligans. Mulligans are good, no doubt about it. Even on, even on the phone lines, I tell you, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's always. Uh, always a good idea to have that agreement in hand when you step to the first team whether you're going to be playing mulligans or not. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of mulligans, that that brings up an interesting conversation, I think. Uh, How many times have you played in a scramble? Uh, It's always a a fundraiser for the most part. And people buy mulligans. And the mulligans, for the purpose of the mulligans, is for somebody to get the do-overs. We all know that. But the other purpose... uh, The other purpose of the mulligan is to raise money Uh, for the event that's being taken that's taking place, that's better. John, glad you're back. We were talking about your Mulligan on your phone. We gave you Mulligans here, and uh, it brought up the topic about Mulligans in a in a scramble. And I was just uh, broaching the subject about Mulligans uh, being great fundraisers, but people, uh, even in a scramble, when it's supposed to be fun and just having a good time and everything else, uh, they sometimes misuse their Mulligans. (laughs) And and before you know it, they may they may have paid for. Two, but they end up with six.
3: Yeah, we've well, that, all seen that happen. Uh, we, we've all seen the arbitrary mulligan. Uh, I, I would say that uh, this morning has been a case of the poltergeist here at the house. You would never think you'd have a better reception on your cell phone than your home phone, but that was my home phone I was calling in on, and now here I am on my cell phone. I've already been locked out of my garage because the lock decided it did not work or the uh, the handle. Uh, and I have uh, had a radio turn on in the middle of the night uh, outside our bedroom, which we didn't have any explanation for. So clearly, we got a little uh, case of the poltergeist over here. It
0: <laughs> sounds like sounds like sounds like the Bloom household is uh, <laughs> having some unwanted visitors.
2: <laughs> I can I can only say one thing, John. That's that's twelve 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 working in some strange way, right? I I, I can't add it all up, but uh, something something went on there. Well,
3: it was a funky day on 12-12-12. We just were watching a little bit of the the big concert in New York uh, with the kids this morning, which was really impressive. And last night, of course, at the Suns game, seeing the Suns beat a team with a winning record is a bizarre uh, happenstance. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of weird things going on, I guess, right now in my life. Well, It
0: would have been interesting if the Cardinals would have been playing on 12-12-12. God knows what would have happened.
2: They could do something different. They, they might have even scored twelve points in a game. Jeez, that would have been really strange. <laughs>
3: Let's not get ahead of ourselves now.
2: But can you bet your point feet about the Mulligans? You know, they, they, first of all, they are they're great. They're great fun, fun, fun fundraising thing if you're if you're doing a charity event. And I, I've seen times where you play in a group, and so you try to get you know some guys try to get overly strategic with it. Also, they they. Sit there and try to hold them for the last minute. Then all of a sudden, you get to the last hole and you're sitting there with three mulligans in your pocket and you got you got nothing to do with them. So it it, it is a fun thing, that's for sure. Just bringing bring that bring extra dimension into any kind of a scramble event that uh that they're used in. I had a I had an event once I played in with three of my buddies and we went down to the last hole and I think we we each pocketed one, so we had an we know we'd have an extra shot at that last putt, you know. So maybe right. make one last birdie, right? Right. So what is what does one of my buddies do? He holds it out from the fairway for an eagle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so we took those mulligans home with us and uh that's what they, that's what they did for us, but, we, but the eagle was good nonetheless. I've had I've tried
0: try to justify the fact that he had two mulligans left and, and didn't didn't use them and therefore he should be able to take those strokes off his score.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: I thought that was a pretty interesting and, and uh, interesting and uh, unique use of a mulligan. That <laughs> You know what?
3: It might be more fair, if you think about it, fellas, if you're doing a tournament, to just uh, offer to shave strokes. So yeah. instead of a mulligan that you're using on the course, which I love too, but it, let's be honest, it does slow play down because people will say, oh, I've got another mulligan here, and they'll hit three, two or three more shots. Uh, instead of that, just say, hey, uh, here's the deal. You want to buy your score down. Here's what it's going to cost, and uh, it's another way to raise money for your charity. And and then anybody who really wants to win that day is probably going to do it. That,
0: that, that would be interesting way to do it. Absolutely. Hey, is that? Have either of you ever played in a string tournament?
2: Yes. Hey. I, I I have not. What is that? That's well, when you get yeah when you get the, the, yeah, the, you get the
3: string in it, and and if the ball's within the string, you get you don't have to putt it. Is that right? Uh,
0: no, I've seen that done with a, like a paint stick. Every team has, every foursome has a paint stick. If you're within the paint stick, you don't have to put it. Uh, but the string tournament is you get a length of string, uh, and then if you get yourself in behind it, tr- everybody has it based on their handicap. It's, it's an individual ball score tournament, and everybody has a length of string based on their handicap. And if you get yourself in trouble, uh, you can use enough of the string to clear yourself of the trouble by actually using the the string, breaking it off, uh, throwing the string away that was used and keep the remaining string uh, so that you can use the string. So the strings are basically a free drop. Uh, if you're behind a tree and you need to get 18 inches, you take 18 inches off your string and you cut that off or you snap that off and you place your ball there. But That's you can't... Yeah, that was really interesting,
3: interesting. Uh, and, you, and
0: and of course you can use you know if you need the putt and you still have string you can use you can use the string on the on the greens for the the full length of uh, of the putt you know uh, if it's like on the 18th hole and you've got uh, 12 feet of string and and you've got a six foot putt and you need to have it do you figure so you can go ahead and you can use uh, you, you can call it in <laughs> call it good. <laughs> But uh, I thought that was an interesting way to uh, to generate uh, generate more money and uh, a little different interest in the game. But here again, it does slow the game down a little bit.
2: So I let's, want to get, I'd want to get a roll of string pizza. It was like you know, back in the old days when you were a kid and you flew a kite. Yeah, the bottom hey. of a string, that's about how much string I would want to start
0: out with. Yeah let's, <laughs> yeah, let's start with the kite string. Yeah, well, let's see here. Now. This first one will, will be about 370 yards. Okay, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about what uh, what Golf Mix has got going. I know you guys are uh, really involved in the Phoenix Open and getting some more and more uh, more and more so. Uh, at all, all times and uh, so kind of uh, whoever which of you wants to do it give us a give us a little lowdown on what's going on with your efforts and your uh, work with the phoenix open this year
3: well, I can uh, I can handle the start, Kirk, and and uh, and let you take it from there. But uh, we're really excited again to be partnered with uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yesterday was their big tee-off luncheon. Uh, they had Johnny Miller in town and made him an honorary Thunderbird, and uh, was there from the start of the the uh, activities in the morning with the uh, with. The, the, the little ceremony they did for Johnny with just Thunderbirds in the room, and then they brought the rest of the media in, and we uh, had a press conference with Kyle Stanley, the winner from last year, along with Johnny Miller. Uh, and, by the way, those two guys could not be any different personality-wise. I mean, Kyle is the most soft-spoken uh, individual you'll ever meet, and uh, and we know Johnny and the brashness that he's uh, basically characterized himself with since he was a player. Uh, and, uh, and and it was interesting to see the two of them mix because they, they did get on stage together along with Mark Curtis from Channel 12, who filled in late for Dan Hicks, who was supposed to be there along with Johnny but uh, had a family emergency and couldn't make it. So uh, it was a great program, really nice lunch at the Phoenician, uh, and uh, I had a great opportunity to sit down with both Johnny and Kyle, and uh, those interviews will be up on Golf Mix uh, very shortly promoting the Phoenix Open and also promoting Arizona golf in general. Both those guys talked a lot about desert golf. Johnny uh, won ten times in the desert, if you count his uh, work in Southern California, along with the six in Arizona, uh, four in Tucson, and and back-to-back years at Phoenix Open when it was at Phoenix Country Club in 74 and 75. So he had a great record here, and it got him the nickname Desert Fox. Uh, speaks very highly of Arizona golf, obviously loves the memories that he uh, cultivated over the years, uh, and he's really excited to be calling the action for NBC at the Phoenix Open in January because uh, CBS has the Super Bowl, so this will be the second time in the last uh, decade that Johnny and Dan and the rest of the crew from, from NBC will be uh, handling the uh, the TV coverage of the Phoenix Open, the greatest show on grass, which, uh, yeah, we're still uh, kind of fine-tuning our whole approach to uh, what we're going to be doing with Golf Mix there. We will have a presence in the Expo booth, and we're really excited to be back in there. It's where we've been able to meet a lot of the great people uh, from around Arizona and even from other states uh, and tell them about what we're doing with Golf Mix. Uh, and then we're going to have a great event uh, coming up the week before that, which uh, I'll hand it over to Kirk, and, and uh, you can fill him in on, on that, KG.
2: Yeah, really, it really really will be a great day out there, John. We have made an arrangement on the Wednesday before the uh, Phoenix Open, the Wednesday of the week before, where everybody who plays the TPC Stadium course that day is going to get to play 16 with Aaron Oberholzer, our our, our uh, co-founder and golf Next and PGA Tour player and champion, and, of course, Aaron will be playing at the Phoenix Open next week. And so what a what an exciting moment that's going to be for everybody, where you're going to be standing there on 16, where it's basically going to be looking just like it does the, the next week when all the pros tee it up there. And you're going to have a chance to stand there with a PGA Tour pro and hit a shot on 16. And we're going to have a bunch of great prizes and and uh, things set up uh, there on site on, on 16 that day. Uh but what a special memory that'd be. And so if if anybody is thinking about playing a playing a special round of golf and this is the last day that the course is open to the public, uh prior to the open. So we're really looking for a, a great turnout there that day. Uh Aaron is gonna hit a shot with every group. We will have a contest online based on uh which of those shots that Aaron gets closest to the hole. So we have a lot of stuff that um we're we're working on it for that day itself, and we really hope that uh, the turnout is great, and this becomes an annual staple in the in the valley in connection with the Phoenix Open, and we just hope and we just make it uh, make it bigger and better each year.
3: Yeah, and I'll add on to that, uh, Pete. The uh, the exciting thing is that we've we've brought uh, this kind of event to fruition, thanks to some great partners. The PPC Scottsdale, obviously, giving us the 16th hole for the the last day that it's open to the public is huge. Uh, on top of that, giving us a great deal for for anybody who's going to join us that day, uh, it's going to be eighty dollars off the rack rate, so two nineteen. It's still you know not cheap. We know that, but you're getting to play a course that the pros are about to tee off on. You know, less than a week later which is a very unique experience because, let's be honest, a lot of the the, uh, tournaments that are held on tour are held at private courses where none of us can play. So uh, the fact that you're able to play that course is great in the first place. Now you're able to play it the week before. And as Kirk mentioned, you're able to take the tee with a guy who's going to be in the field Uh, and who's a great guy in general just to hang with and and have a chance to to hit a shot with. So I think people enjoy that. Plus, TaylorMade's on board now that Aaron is is a a uh, full tailor-made player uh, in his bag uh, for the most part. He's got a couple wedges uh, still from, from Vokey, a Titleist, and I, I believe he's going to use a Scotty Cameron putter, but that's up in the air. Uh, but he's tailor-made the rest of the way, including the Woods and the full set of irons. Uh, they've got a new line of irons called the Rocket Blades that they want people to, to have a chance to get in their hands and hit a shot. So we're going to have those all out there. We'll have several, several different sets of clubs. People will be hitting the Rocket Blades iron on the 16th hole, and the prize, if you get it closest to the pin for the day, will be a full set of irons. Uh, and then we'll also have another full set that we'll be giving away to our online contest, which, as Kirk mentioned, I think is really exciting. Not only are we going to let people, uh, if they can't come play CPC Scottsville on January 23rd, which is the day, it's Wednesday, uh, if you can't get out there and play, you can, uh, you can register for one of Aaron's balls just by writing a review on golfmix.com. Uh, over the course of the next month, and, uh, and you'll get one of those balls. We'll be updating the leaderboard throughout the day. So we'll be out there on the tee box with the laptops and the iPads and uh, and keeping everybody updated so we'll know who has which ball before we go into that game uh, of, of which one's Aaron's going to hit, and then uh, we'll keep everybody's names on board, and we'll see, you know, who's headed towards the uh, victory. We'll have not just the Irons, but we'll have a bunch of prizes. The Phoenix Open's also on board uh, to help promote this event. And uh, and so it's it's really exciting, and we can't wait to, to get it done in about, uh, boy, it's only 40 days away, Kirk. Yeah,
2: we've got uh, we, we've got some work to do, needless to say. <laughs> But let me yeah, I mean, ask, let
0: me ask uh, let me ask what what time of day is this going to take place, guys?
2: It's all gonna day be all, long. Yeah, going to be all day long. People. Aaron's going to be out there all day. He's going to he's going to be there with every group that comes through and plays, and so people can go on and make their you know, schedule their key times now, and we will be out there all day from the first group to the last group, um, getting giving people a chance to play with Aaron and a chance to win the prizes. And yeah,
3: no, I Sorry about that, Pete.
0: Go ahead. Are there are there any activities then after the, the daily days activities or uh is is it gonna be announcements of winners and so on and so forth are gonna be done through other means?
3: Yeah, they'll all be posted on golf mix, on our Twitter, on our Facebook and on the website. That's where we're gonna keep basically the running leaderboard and obviously who's the winner at the end of the End of the day, I mean, people are welcome to hang out in the in the grill. One of the coolest spots to to chill after a round of golf and wait until we're done, so we can come in with the uh, with the winners and and we may discuss that a little bit more whether or not that's something. But we're going to be out on that tee until the last group comes through. So uh, that's the plan. And and I will say this: if anybody wants to sign up now to play then you're going to be guaranteed a spot, uh, and that's a good thing because we're going to start promotion on this pretty heavily in the next week uh, and, and leading into Christmas week and into the new year. So uh, we expect that day to book. Uh, right now there's a lot of availability because we haven't promoted it yet. You're actually the first place we have, Pete, so uh, you can be proud on that, pump the chest a little bit. Uh, and uh, and I think uh, – You know, if you want to do it, uh, Kirk, I'm pretty sure you know the phone number to TPC Scott, so the easiest way right now, since we haven't put the promotion together on GolfMix.com, would just be to to call them up and say, you want to play on January 23rd, and you're using the Golf Mix promotion, which is just going to be a promo code GolfMix, and and they should have it uh, so that you can get the discount rate as well, which is obviously a big part of this. Uh, Again, they're knocking $80 off the rack rate. Uh, Kirk, what's the phone number over to TPC?
2: Yeah, the number over there, John, is 480-585-4334, and just get yourself connected through the res- to the reservations desk, and they will get you set up and in, in line for January the 23rd at the DPC Stadium course.
0: Now, let me emphasize here, guys, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, but this is open to anybody and everybody. This isn't something that you have to be affiliated with the golf tournament. You don't have to be playing in a pro-am at the golf tournament. This is there anybody that wants to take part in this special activity that is put on by uh, the tournament TPC and golf mix, that they're all all comers, everybody's welcome.
2: That's exactly yeah. right, Pete. It's fir- first. It's for it's and it's first come first serve. Also, so as soon as the day fills up, that that's going to be it. Uh, you know, there's only so so many. You know, so many uh, starting times and so many places you can fill on a day in January. So this is one you don't want to miss. If you're if you're looking for something special, you want to be there that day.
0: Now they also mentioned now that, it, that uh, I'm I'm assuming you don't have to come in as a group. You can come in as an individual or as a group if you have a group. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, anybody who wants to play, uh, Pete, I mean, it's just like an open day of of play at TPC Scottsdale like any other day. Uh, And that's the unique part of this is, you know, there's going to probably be some people that are already booked that are going to be playing the the, uh, course, Kirk, and they're going to be coming on 16 and all of a sudden, boom, they're going to see us without even knowing. uh, And and that's going to be a neat experience, too, for them. Uh, And so we're going to be out there. Obviously, we're going to do a ton of promotion. Uh, They're going to put posters up inside the clubhouse, and and, uh, we'll be talking about it on the radio as well. And and I'm really excited about it because it is one of those deals, Pete. This is kind of the foundation of what Golf Mix is all about, which is uh, making golf as inclusive as possible to everybody. And so, obviously, we know the field's narrowed a little bit by those who can afford to pay $220 to play golf. Uh, and, and that's a that's a lot of money, but we hope we're adding a huge amount of value to already a great perceived value, which is getting to play a course where the pros are playing a week later, uh, and it is one of the most special courses we have, uh, of course, in the Valley and in the whole state of Arizona. So I think there's, there's definitely a value there to begin with. We're just adding a whole bunch to it. We're giving people a chance to win thousands of dollars in prizes. We're giving people a chance to meet a very cool guy who's won on the PGA Tour and who's going to be in the field the following week. Uh, and uh, and I think it's it's one of those ideas that was just born out of what can we do that's going to be really cool and fun, you know. I mean, that's really what this was, wasn't it, Kirk?
2: Yeah, you know that's exactly it, John. I mean, you know, you take a day at the, at, at the TPC as they're getting ready for the event. You're playing in pristine conditions. The course is just like it is when 132 of the best players in the world see it up there the next week. But you you put this as you put this event on top of that. And you're walking away that day with something that you you will talk about for a lifetime, as well as you know, like you say, maybe it's your shot that day with those rocket blades irons that ends up six inches from the hole, and you're taking them home with you. So uh, it works out to be an incredible combination. I, people are generally fired up in any event to go over there and play, but you put this you put this on top of it, and we think we've created something something really special. And again, I really like the aspect of it. Like you said, Pete, it can just be a person individually. They'll get you paired up with somebody else. You don't have to bring a foursome if you just want to go by yourself. They'll get you paired up, and you'll be out there that day.
0: Well, let me just add this. I, I back back years ago when I was out covering the golf tour events in the Southwest. Actually, being being involved in in the coverage uh, day of the event, we always went to the media days, and they they faded us to a great uh, a great lunch and uh, the interviews, like just like you had yesterday, John, and and they also had. Uh, chances are good that uh, you would probably go out and play the golf course. The golf course was always in nice shape. But other than playing a golf course and trying to fight for a tee time for the day after event ta- an event takes place so you can actually play a course in actual tournament condition, this is as close as you're going to get. And this is going to be great because there's nothing, uh, for those that have not done it, there is nothing like playing a golf, a PGA golf tournament ready golf course uh it's it's absolutely phenomenal when you hit it in a rough and you really realize what these guys are fighting uh it 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 puts a whole new perspective on what these what these professionals can do and how good they really are and it's a, a great experience to be able to play a tournament ready golf course
2: boy that's the thing pete and you know I mean, like, for instance, you know, the typical greens that we might play on, they might run a, a 9, 9.5, maybe some will get up to a 10 speed. And, you know, as as you know from varying golf courses, you have varying uh, quality of the greens. These are going to be set up, you're ready to go to the, you know, to the way that a tour tournament uh, has them. I imagine the green speeds will be up a little bit that day. We all talk about liking to play on fast greens. I have to assume they'll be up up uh, at much higher green speed that day. Typically, they're kept at like 11.5 or 12 during the tournament. So you're going to get to do it, just like the pros have a shot at it.
0: Well, it's interesting when you're talking about speed of the green. Some of these things, you just have to touch the ball. Some of them, you can just look at the ball cross-eyed, and it's going to move. Blow on it; it's going to go four feet. It's just—it's uh it, really—you you think you play fast greens at your club or your Muni course, wherever it might be, when they're at a nine, and then you can step up to an eleven, eleven and a half, twelve, and you go, wow. And then you can only imagine what it's like when you're playing U.S. Open greens or you're playing at Augusta. Just imagine what that's like. But I mean, at here at a twelve or eleven and a half, they're still plenty quick, aren't they?
3: Oh, yeah, 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 that's what you can handle. And uh, I happen to love Fast Green, so uh, any chance I get uh, an opportunity to to – sample that type of speed, I, I love to do it. And, uh, you know, a big part of it is also how how true the, the greens are as well. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges. You know, if you want to talk about all the prep that goes into a tournament, and especially one like the Phoenix Open, Kirk, you can touch on this since you're over at TPC you know, uh, a couple days a week, because a lot of people don't know that. But uh, that was his first retirement job. Before I laughed at him, him into being a big part of, of GolfMix.com. Uh, so you can see Kirk over on the first Tee, uh, usually a couple days a week, and uh, and you know how much effort it takes when you get that much play, like the TPC Scottsdale gets throughout the year, uh, to get it tournament ready is is a huge undertaking.
2: You know, it really is, John. In fact, one of the questions I often get there as we get closer to the tournament from people who are playing is they say, "Well, when do you clo- when do you close down before the tournament?" And they're really surprised to hear that we that there is play going on right up through the the week before and so and and you know in in very good numbers of players um, throughout the months of December and January, so when you talk about closing a course down the week before the event and having play going you know right virtually right up until the day when the pros arrive that, t- that is a tremendous undertaking to keep your course in the in that kind of condition where you don't close it down some places will do that, some places will close it down for three weeks or months before. So there's nobody walking on the fairways, nobody walking on the greens, and every blade of grass is perfect. Over there, it's a a 365-day-a-year job with with play going on virtually every day to keep that course in tip-top shape, and they do a great job with it.
0: Well, it's it's uh it's amazing when you stop and think of uh, the fact that because it is a uh, open to the public golf course, they do have to get as much play as they can. It is a revenue generator, after all, and they have to uh, they have to make sure that they can maximize that. That's that's what they're all about, especially this time of year in Phoenix. So uh, it, it is obviously going to be quite a chore. Because uh, unfortunately, some people um, don't take appropriate care of golf courses, and you don't want to have that happening prior, just immediately prior to a golf event.
3: No, yeah, I mean uh, it, it's still is uh, one of those deals that that boggles my mind uh, how people can make uh, you know grass and and uh, I don't I don't know what the ergonomics or whatever you want to call it uh, of the the land there uh be prepared as they do each year and then the the more impressive thing to me is how they bring it back after the the throngs of people the hordes the the uh you know the cattle racing through there for the week uh, is just amazing. That that they can then have it look good again, and 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 throughout the rest of the season, and and bring it back in time for the following year. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things that you don't think about when you when you go out there to watch golf, or you go out there to party, or whatever reason you go to the Phoenix Open for. Uh, but maybe now after hearing this conversation, you will think about it. And, and the other thing I I think of is is all the volunteers. Uh, and I will say this: if people are listening in and you want to be a part of the action, I'm sure they'll take you right now. They've actually doubled their volunteers for the recycling ambassadors. We heard from uh, Dave Artsman at at Waste Management. They've done such huge things with with regards to trying to eliminate trash altogether at this event and setting new standards for for events in general, not just golf events. Uh, All kinds of sporting events, concerts, whatever. Waste Management's breaking ground again. Uh, and Now they've decided that one of the things they wanted to do last year, they removed all the trash receptacles from from the grounds, which is kind of mind-boggling, but they did it, and uh, and they put together, you know, all these different recycling uh, receptacles so that everybody was putting the right things where they needed to put, and they uh, apparently were 97% effect- efficient with what they did. Well, now they want to get to 100%. And the way that they think they're going to do that is by having more volunteers out there to explain to people what to do. So they're going from 500 to 1,000 uh, of what they call recycling ambassadors. So if that's a gig that, that you've always wanted, or you want to just stand around in a beautiful setting and watch a bunch of drunks, then uh, I would recommend. <laughs> oh, and some great golfers. Let me let me take that back. Uh, I would recommend looking that up. I know a lot of people would love to, to play a role, and there are so many opportunities for you to. really, when you when you break it down, the the way these events happen is because of volunteers. It's because of all the people that put their time into it. Kirk's one of them.
2: Yeah, you know, John, after being – I've volunteered as a walking scorer out there for several years now, and uh, I, I, I can't call it work because it's so much fun that it just – you can't put the, the work on it to be standing inside of the ropes walking along three uh, PGA Tour players playing that event. But when you see every aspect of this tournament, how many volunteers that it takes, the marshals on each hole – uh, you know, all, all throughout the whole event. It's an unbelievable undertaking. And you're exactly right. There's no way any of these tour events happen without those those thousands of people involved. It is a great way for people to get involved with a term and in turn uh they have a lot of extra fun as a part of it. And you and you can say you are and you say you are part of it. It's uh it it's a great experience, it really is. If you get a chance to if you get a chance to volunteer and be part of this event, uh I would and you know, I would I would urge everybody to do it.
0: All right, fellas, what I want to do here, if, uh, if you don't mind, is we're going to uh, just take a little uh, two-and-a-half-minute break here. I want to play these spots that I always try to get in. Uh, and then when we come back, uh, I'd like to hear uh, what uh, what went down at the Harmon Killebrew uh, golf event uh, that I think you guys are probably out and attending for a little while. And then in addition to that, uh, if you could each uh, give me uh, a Phoenix Open uh, moment or whatever uh, uh, memory that you've had, and then uh, after that we'll we'll wrap it up. So let's uh, let's play some commercial, commercial spots right now, and we'll be right back. The Boomer and the Babe are the publishers of Boomer series books. Our authors have their own shows on the Boomer and the Babe network. We encourage you to listen. Ron Naraki. Author of the forthcoming book, The Ten Commandments of Investing, is the host of Wealth DNA, a financial show about real estate investment. Learn how to build and manage your portfolio. Ron hosts the show and he always has good information to pass along as do his guests. Listen to Wealth DNA on the second and fourth Monday of the month at eight A.M. Arizona time. Tom Liggering's another boomer series author. His book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours is the basis of the show he does with his broadcast partner, Dr. Terry Munther. Listen to Success or Failure with Tom and Terry on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. Arizona time. Learn how you can maximize your performance in business and in life. The methods you employ can either help or hinder. The choice is yours.
3: Before you book your next round of golf in Arizona, go see what golfers just like you are saying about the courses you want to play at GolfMix.com. While you're there, write a review of the last course you played and get $10 off your next purchase at Vans Golf Shops, and enter into our Greenskeeper of the Year contest for a chance to win a foursome at the home of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the Stadium Course at TPC Scottsdale. So check out GolfMix, Arizona's leading golf course review site and mobile app. What are you waiting for? Yeah, at golfmix.com.
0: The Boomer and the Babe are proud to be affiliated with Valley View Community Food Bank, where the food is always free. Valley View is now serving Phoenix from their new 36,000-square-foot location at West Peoria and 107th Avenue in Sun City, Arizona. The new location houses the Food Bank, Feeding Arizona, and the Valley View Thrift Store. Feeding Arizona delivers food to other food banks and food pantries that are in need. If you're looking for a 501c3 to support, go to ValleyViewCommunityFoodBank.com. All donations are welcome, be it food, money, or volunteer hours. No donation is too small. Get a hold of Jesse Ramirez, founder and director, and say I want to help Valley View Community Food Bank, where the food is always free. And we're back on Straight Down the Middle. It is 12, 13, 12. It's a Thursday morning, and we're talking with the uh, people involved in and the co and the founder John Bloom of GolfMix.com. We're talking about the Phoenix Open. We're also talking about golf in general. There's so many topics that seem to be coming to the coming to light right now. But one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about briefly was uh, I understand John, you were at the Harmon Killebrew uh, charity event just uh, this last week, was it? And uh, I'd just like to get your thoughts. And uh, and and Kirk, I think maybe you were there too. Uh, tell us. Uh, Uh, what it was uh, that went down there, and uh, what was it all about? How did it work out?
2: Yeah, I was out there, Pete. It uh, it was a great event. It really was. They had a host of baseball all-stars and celebrities. Rod Carew was there, Bert Campanaris, Raleigh Fingers, Kent Herbeck, Jack Morris. The the list goes on. And so uh, what they did was there was one uh, player with, each group, so you had a baseball a baseball celebrity and four players uh, playing a scrambles event like you mentioned. Uh, it was a perfect day for golf. It was out there at the Week of Potroya course. and what we were doing out there was we were uh, running a little one of their contest holes was on one of the par threes where they called it their Vegas hole and you tried, they had three pins placed in the green and you picked one, tried to get, tried to make a birdie on the hole. And if you did, you, uh, you could, you could bet on yourself to win some money. But the important part of it was everybody out there had a great time. They had a tremendously successful event raising money for the Har- Harmon Killebrew foundation. um, Craig Jackson, all the people out there just just do a great, great job with the event. And if you, when it comes back next year, and uh, you have a chance, if you, if that day works in your schedule, come on out. You'll be you'll be you're having a chance to hang out with some some of probably your favorite baseball players and play playing a great golf event at the same time. John, any thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of of the people and the organizers of the event. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it this year, Pete. Uh, So Kirk was uh, handling the business for us. Uh, But, uh, you know, I I think, uh, like I said, great event, great people that put it on, and a great cause. I did get a chance to go over to the Miracle uh, League field, which is amazing. I've told a lot of people the story about the Miracle League. Uh, If you haven't heard about it yet, I think it's a phenomenal organization uh, here uh, in the valley, but also all over the country. Uh, and you can find out by, more online just uh, by searching Miracle League, and I think it's just MiracleLeague.com.
2: Go yes. ahead. Go ahead. I was going to mention again. You know, when I was out there talking with uh, Craig Johnson, is the, uh, the the tournament director, and he's worked with the the foundation for for many years. And if you get a chance to take a look at their their website and just just see the passion that's involved in getting getting funds for uh, baseball fields to be built for kids, uh, it, it, it's an incredible thing. It's a really it's a heartwarming story. And if you know, we had Craig on the show a few weeks back, and he's got an incredible passion for this event and what it does. So if, if you part if you decide to participate, uh, everything that's done through the event is. Is going for a great cause.
0: Well, we're going to be uh, uh, following that a little bit closer in the in the future. I hope, uh, as far as the golf show is concerned, and uh, and it's it's nice to know that uh, it was a success. And I and I do know that uh, when uh, we had them on the show, it was uh, it was certainly a great fun to have them. And there is a certain passion there, and a, and and a dedication to what it is that they do, and all stems from, I think, the fact that uh, Harmon Kettlebrew himself was that type of an individual. So that's uh, uh, it's, it's nice to see those types of things happening and big-time ball players and big-time athletes uh, having the right... Uh, the right thing happened and the right way to use their name and their, and their prominence uh, rather than some of the things that we hear about. Let's get back to the Phoenix Open briefly. I know we're going to be talking about a lot about it between now and when it happens, but uh, by means of uh, going out uh, – uh, any one event or one one item that happens that has happened at the Phoenix Open that you guys can put in your memory. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I've got two. Uh, one of them may be one of yours. So uh, let's you, let you guys go first.
2: Well, I, I'll tell you, Pete. I'll uh, I'll I'll take an incident, a uh, story from when I was, as I mentioned, I worked as a walking store there a couple of days, and I was fortunate enough in 2009 to draw, uh, Kenny Perry, in the Friday round, and that happened to be the year that he won, and Kenny, he shot 63 that day, and so I had the incredible experience of being able to watch a guy, you always talk about, they always talk about on TV how a guy's in the zone, he's in the zone, right? Well, I saw it happen in front of my eyes, and he shot 63 with four putts in the last ten holes, in the last eight holes that were... 10 feet or under that all hit the lip, and if those putts all go in, he shoots 59 that day. It was was a fascinating thing. He's playing with Stuart Sink and Anthony Kim those days, and so they're all having a really good time, and they're talking with each other, very cordial and all that, and all of a sudden, he goes on this run of birdies, and you could just kind of see how uh, Stuart Sink and Anthony Kim just kind of let him have that moment in the zone, and let him just just stay totally focused in his game as he's going down the stretch. Put up a great number, and obviously went on to uh, went on to win the tournament. It was uh, it was it was a round of golf that I got to witness firsthand that I'll I'll certainly never forget. Those pros recognize it, don't they? I
0: mean, they not only know it themselves possibly, but they recognize it in others, and they give people their space.
2: They, they absolutely did. That was that was the thing. I mean, they they. Uh, Stewart and Anthony didn't didn't have their best day that day, and then when they saw Kenny starting to rattle off the birdies, uh, they knew let's make let's make sure we do everything we can to uh, give him a chance to to have, have his run today. John, you got anything?
3: Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I've got a lot of memories. It's hard to pick uh, one. You know, over the last nine years of of going to the event for me. Um, You know, I would say that there's two specifically that stand out. One is uh, an off-the-course memory. I was hosting my radio show on Saturday morning uh, in the expo tent when uh, Jim Nance from CBS came over, and they had to kind of do it uh, a little bit, you know, clandestine so they could get him over to my broadcast location uh, without getting mobbed by the throngs of people walking through the expo tent. Uh, But he sat up on the... the, uh, stayed with me and we did about 20 minutes of uh, just really, really uh, entertaining conversation with a guy that I I admire greatly Uh, but part of that conversation was him saying, can you give me a word that I can mix into the intro uh, and this afternoon's coverage, the Saturday afternoon coverage on CBS of of the Phoenix Open, he wanted to to put it into the Open, so I, I can't, I think I gave him the word spectacle, and that was the easy one, I should have come up with something else but after I was done with the radio show, he invited me uh, and my friend uh, to come up to the 18th tower at the engine hole where they broadcast from, and be inside for the for the open. Now I've worked with Jim and, and the and the crew there with CBS for the last you know decade, but. Uh, to do that was a really neat experience, not to mention that he decided to fold in more than just spectacle and, and got the word bloom into his opening statement and gave me a wink. And it was a really neat experience to be behind the scenes like that with with a pro uh, like Jim like Uh And then the on-course memory I have was actually one that probably not a lot of people uh, shared with me. Uh, however, I was with uh, Aaron Oberholzer's mom, and this was probably 2000. Probably 2005, if I had to guess. Oh four, oh five. Uh, and Aaron had been playing pretty well to start the season, uh, and he got to uh, to the Phoenix Open, and he, he struggled in the first couple rounds. and And it was Friday afternoon, and he was behind the cut line by two shots. Uh, and what he did, you know, was on 15, you know, the short par five, he he got there in two. He had about a 15-20 footer for eagle, and he drained it. And so all of a sudden, he's basically right on the cut line. He goes to 16, and he makes a par. Uh, And then I I take it back. He was three behind the cut line on 15, so he got within one. So at, at at the 17th hole, he's one behind trying to make the cut. And uh, I'm with his, his mom walking the, the fairway, watching him play, and the 17th hole is a short par four, as many of you may know, and it's drivable for some of the big hitters. Uh, well, Aaron Aaron's not a huge hitter, but he left it about, I don't know, 20 yards short of the green, and the pin was all the way in the back on this back little island that's on that green. Uh, and he chipped it up. It was tracking right at it, and it went straight in the hole for an eagle. And his mom just fell back onto the ground, onto her back, and put her arms out like she was making a snow angel uh, in disbelief. And it was such an amazing moment. For us, you know, having having been friends with Aaron since we were 14 years old and having been close with his mom as well through high school uh, to watch him accomplish something like that, although it wasn't on the grand stage, it wasn't to win a tournament, but he made two eagles and three holes to make a cut in his home tournament and it was, you know, it was really a neat thing and then in the end we go in and every player is giving him this glare because he single-handedly moved the cut line with those two eagles, he moved the cut line up a stroke and 20 people didn't make the field for the weekend because of Aaron Now, you can always look back and say, well, other guys made shots, and it wasn't only because of that, but he was getting the brunt of the evil looks from the guys who were packing their trunk and getting ready to head on the road. Uh, It was a really unique uh, day, and I'll never forget that experience.
0: Well, I, I don't think I can top that. I'm uh, not not that we're playing uh, top this, but uh, we're, mine goes all the way back to the mid '80s or actually late '80s when I was uh, covering golf events in the Southwest, and I came out here to uh, to cover the the Phoenix Open, and I'm standing on the first tee in the practice rounds because we were going to be going a, a practice round with Puzzy Zeller uh, and his caddy and. Uh, Let's see who else was in the group. Oh, um, uh, Peter uh, Peter Jacobson uh, dropped by as, as you as you may well know. Some of these pros will come in and out of groups, will bang around a little bit. They'll, they, they may not even play one through eighteen. They'll, they'll say hi to this guy and walk with this guy and play with this guy. They were talking about Howard Twitty and the design of the course and all this kind of stuff. And uh, at one point, as as we were waiting for this gathering to get together with Fuzzy to go to the practice round with him, uh, a, a young fellow came up on the on the the first tee, and his name was Rocco Mediate, and nobody knows, nobody know who Rocco Mediate was. And he proceeded to tee up his golf ball and absolutely top it right off the first tee. And he just picked up his club, and he put his club back in his bag, and he walked down after his ball, and he managed to smother another one right there off the front of the first tee. And with that, the marshals looked at each other, and they decided that they may have an imposter on their hands. So they went out and they asked Mr. Mediate for his credentials. Well, of course he had them and they were somewhat uh somewhat uh, embarrassed but nonetheless doing their job and and Rocco went ahead and uh and, and played the round and we all know what happened to his his future in the game. But uh it was it was kind of interesting to have this professional golfer come up and smother two in a row right off the first tee and I just went, Wow, I could do that. <laughs> and i and i have always and i have always remembered that because it's something that you don't get an opportunity to see or even witness very often and and only if you're fortunate enough to be uh inside the ropes as it as it were in in the in, in some of the things that we do so uh that that was my phoenix open memory that uh that sticks out most in my mind and that and i have to dig i have to dredge it up from from bygone days <laughs>
2: You know, Pete, I think what you just alluded to is the tournament has always lent itself to the unexpected and the and the exciting, uh, whether it's what, what John described about two eagles and three holes, about Kyle Stanley winning last year after the heartbreak that he had at Troy Pines the week before. The, the tournament's been chock full of the history of those kind of things, and when you throw a half a million fans in the mix, you know something totally unexpected is going to happen, and that's part of the great fun about being part of the tournament is you you know this year, just like in all years, something's going to happen that nobody could have scripted uh, to be to be part of the history of the tournament is what makes this place really special.
0: Yeah, it really is. It, it really is. And uh, I have some other memories of Johnny O'Miller walking down this fairway with his caddy to the first tee, and, from the practice green at uh, the practice tee over at uh, the at Phoenix Country Club, talking about his new Sears contract for his uh, plaid wild pants that he had just landed. So, uh, yeah, all kinds of all kinds of background information that uh, not everybody gets uh, is privy to, and it's and it's almost it's an honor to be able to have that information and have and have those memories. Well, I want to thank both of you gentlemen for spending the time with us today. It's been a, as always a, a a great time talking golf with you. And uh, uh, talking golf for for hopefully the people that are our uh, are average everyday run-of-the-mill uh, players uh, that just go out and enjoy the game for the sake of enjoying the game with no ulterior motives and so on and so forth. So, and I know that's what Golf Mix is all about. And I and I thank you for doing what you do. And uh, thanks for being with me today.
3: Good to be with you, Pete. Uh, look forward to doing it again.
0: I uh, will look forward to next week, and i'll 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 try to i'll try to land land that mystery guest if I possibly can for next week.
2: <laughs> All right, very good, Pete. A pleasure to be with you as always.
0: Thanks again, guys. We'll talk again soon. Take care now. Bye bye. And that's been John Bloom and Kirk Getzinger. Getzinger with. Uh, Golf Mix and uh, co-hosting today, as they do most days, uh, here on Straight Down the Middle. So we'll be back again uh, next week, Thursday at 9 o'clock in Arizona for Arizona Boomer Radio and Straight Down the Middle. Until then, keep them straight down the middle. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care now. You've been listening to Straight Down the Middle on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com.